0: reading from the book of Acts, chapter 7, starting at verse 54. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep, and Saul was there, giving approval to his death. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this passage. As we conclude the story of Stephen, we pray that we would learn from his example, that we would see in the way that he died a picture of how we are to live. We ask that you would make this story real to us, encourage and challenge us in our faith, and fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to die? What it's going to be like for you to die? I don't mean the passing into the afterlife, but rather those hours and minutes leading up to death. That time on your deathbed or whatever situation might happen. It's going to happen to all of us. There's no getting around it. Have you ever wondered what it's going to be like? What are you going to be saying? What are you going to be doing? How are you going to act? What are you going to feel? I've been around a lot of people as they have approached death. And the one thing that I've noticed is that how a person dies really reflects how that person lived. There's a direct correlation between how we live our lives and how we die. And that's the case for Stephen as well. And this is Passage that we're looking at. We're looking at the death of Stephen. And Stephen dies a a terrible death. He dies by stoning. And we probably have not thought that much about what it's like to be stoned to death, but it was a terrible way to go. Uh, It wasn't an instant death by any means. Uh, What would happen is you'd be dragged out of the city, Uh, the crowd would gather, they would pick up stones, and they begin to throw them at you. And Uh, You're not going to die immediately. Uh, You might not get hit in the head right away. You might get hit in the shoulder, in the back, in the stomach, in the leg. You might begin to have some broken bones. Uh, Eventually you will get hit uh, so much that you fall to the ground. Uh, You may be hit in the head and you might be knocked unconscious. And yet the crowd still will not end. They will continue to throw stones at you until... Every sign of life is gone. It's a, just a horrible way to die. And then unfortunately, uh, stonings still happen today. There are people who die from stonings. It is a, a terrible thing that that takes place. And so this could be a really depressing story that we look at. But I'm going to try to look at something positive. I want to look specifically at something that is said in this passage about Stephen being full of, of the Holy Spirit. What in the world does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? Now uh, I used to attend a Pentecostal church and I'm not making any judgments about Pentecostalism in general, or even the church that I attended but I will say that they had very specific ideas about what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They believed that it would be accompanied by the spiritual gifts that are described in 1 Corinthians 12, that there would be supernatural things that would be taking place and that those were the signs of someone who was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that those things don't, do not happen. I'm not saying that at all. But I do want to say that being filled with the Holy Spirit is more than just that. Yes, we do see that Stephen has a vision in this story. But there's a lot more that happens from him being filled with the Holy Spirit than just seeing a vision of the throne room of God. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at. So as I said, uh, Stephen has this vision as uh, he finds out that he has uh, angered his accusers to the point where they no longer can can, uh, be tolerant of what he is saying and doing and basically assigned his own death warrant by some of the things that he has said. And so he has this vision of God's throne, and he sees Jesus at the right hand. And it's significant that Jesus is not sitting at the right hand of the Father, but rather is standing at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus is there, prepared, ready to be there for Stephen in his most difficult times, And that must have been so encouraging to Stephen, to to see that, to be able to see uh, Jesus in that way, ready to come to his aid. Although it may not have been the aid that many of us would have wanted if we were in Stephen's position. But I don't want to focus so much on the vision. I want to focus on something that happens after that. So Stephen is dragged out of the city and he is about to be stoned and there's a couple of things that happen here that I really want to take a look at. And the the first thing that we find is uh, as the the stoning is beginning that he uh, calls out to the Lord Jesus and uh, asks that Jesus would receive his spirit. And this is an act of, of surrender and of trust and If this sounds familiar at all, it actually sounds a whole lot like what Jesus said when he was being crucified. He uh, said to the Father, uh, into your hands I commit my spirit. And there, uh, Jesus was surrendering his spirit, surrendering his life to the Father. And that's exactly what Stephen is doing. And this is not a coincidence that uh, Stephen is emulating Jesus in how he is about to die. He's not uh, fighting for life. He is not uh, begging for mercy or anything else like that. Uh, He is surrendering. He believes that his life, that his spirit is safe in the hands of God. And so he is being like Jesus in that moment. And then he says something else. He talks about the people who are doing this and... He has compassion upon them. And he calls out to Jesus about them as well. And again, this is very much like what Jesus did on the cross. On the cross, Jesus said, Forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. That's very similar to what Stephen is doing here. He is emulating Jesus in his death. And he is uh, not bitter towards these people. Uh, He's not hateful for them. He wants God to have compassion upon them and to forgive them and ultimately to to bring them into uh, his kingdom. Now it's interesting because he has that prayer and who is in the crowd here but Saul who will eventually become the Apostle Paul. So uh, this prayer is answered. But I want to go back to what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're told that Stephen is filled with the Holy Spirit at this time. So, is this saying that to be filled with the Holy Spirit means being able to trust God and to forgive others even when they have hurt us? Well, yes, uh, that is true. But actually, I can be more specific when it comes to what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be like Jesus. So we just happen to be seeing a glimpse here of Stephen at his time of death being Christ-like in his death. But if Stephen had had a longer life and a longer ministry, we would have seen other examples of Stephen being Christ-like in other ways. And so that is the the basic definition of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's to be like Jesus. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit was allowing Stephen to have a good death, but it also allowed him to have a good life. We often talk about disciples, and there's not just 12 disciples. There were many disciples back in that day, uh, and we continue to be disciples, but the the definition of a disciple is one who is becoming like their master. And so that was understood in general. Even outside of Christian circles, that's what a disciple was. They seek to emulate to become more and more like their master. And for Christians, that's what we are trying to do. We are trying to become more like our master, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are trying to do that. And that happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's another important connection here when it comes to the Holy Spirit. When we look at Jesus' ministry, what is the first thing that happens? First thing that happens is his baptism. And what happens at the baptism? The Holy Spirit comes down out of heaven like a dove and comes upon Jesus. Jesus was spirit-filled. Yes, he was the Son of God, but he chose to begin his ministry with power that is available to all Christians as we receive the Holy Spirit ourselves. So Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, we are called to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and by being filled with the Holy Spirit, we are able to live our lives and ultimately to end our lives in a way similar to that of Jesus. So that was the case for Stephen. Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit He was very much like Jesus. We are meant in this passage to see the similarities between Stephen and Jesus. But what about us? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit today for us as a church? What would it look like if our church was known to be a Spirit-filled church? If we were all filled with the Holy Spirit, what would that look like? Well, some people might think that... uh, If we are a spirit-filled church, that would mean we would have all kinds of healings and miracles taking place. And that could be a part of it. Uh, I believe that God uh, continues to heal. But I don't think that that is the the basic definition of what it would mean to be a Holy Spirit-filled church. I think it is the same thing as what it was for Stephen. It would be to be like Jesus. And so yes, Jesus did miracles. He did heal. And so God can use us in those ways as well. But that wasn't the only part of Jesus. When we read the Gospels, we see all kinds of things. We see him as compassionate and loving. We see him uh, caring for the physical needs of those who were in difficulty. We see him as a speaker of the truth. We see him spending time with the marginalized. We see him investing himself in others, of praying and being faithful. The Apostle Paul in Galatians gives us a list of the fruit of the Spirit. And this is the classic description of what it means to to be walking in the Spirit. This is what he says. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who does that sound like? To me, that sounds a whole lot like Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is to become like Jesus. Now, if you're like me at all, you what might notice that you're not quite there. Because I know I'm not quite there. There are a lot of areas in which I'm not as much like Jesus as I would like to be. And that is understandable. We have to realize that the Spirit does His work on us in different ways. And so one way the Spirit works on us is the slow and steady way. That you don't notice anything from day to day, but you're continually growing in your Christ-likeness. It's like planting a seed in a garden. Uh, You might not see anything the next day, or the day after, or the week after. It might take a long time, but eventually you're going to see something growing out of there. It might start with just a shoot, and eventually it is a big plant. And that is often the way the Holy Spirit works. But sometimes the Holy Spirit works in a sudden way. There's a, there's a sudden filling that happens. There's a sudden burst of Christ-likeness in us. To me, that is like in the springtime when it's just starting to get warm, and the, the trees are kind of looking dead, and then you have that really long, warm rain that happens. And then as soon as the rain stops, you look, and the trees are green, and it, it happens so quickly. And sometimes that's what the Holy Spirit does. But when even then, that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is working on every area of our life. Uh, the Spirit might make us more Christ like in one or two ways, and it might be a long time for some of the other areas. These are some of the ways in which the Holy Spirit is working. What matters is that we are moving in the right direction. That we are becoming more and more like Jesus. Now for my conclusion I'm actually going to deal with the hardest part of this. This might be the thing that you're thinking of as you've been listening to this. How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Now I wish I could just give you the the three-step approach that will guarantee you being filled with the Holy Spirit. I wish I could just pray for you, lay hands upon you, and you are uh, immediately filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's it's not quite like that. That's not to say that I I can't say anything about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but it is not as simple as just uh, punching in the values into uh, an equation. It's more than that. I will say that it's important to have a desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not a desire based on receiving power. We're actually going to see a story later on in this series about someone who felt that way. So not about receiving power, but a desire to be more like Jesus and to really have that passion to do that. So we need to desire to be filled by the Holy Spirit. There also is a need to surrender. We can't share the throne with Jesus Uh, It's either us or Jesus. So we need to move off the throne of our lives and give Jesus control. Uh, That is a part of it. And also, we need to know what Jesus was like. We need to read the Gospels. We need to study his life. How are we going to know that we're becoming more Christ-like if we don't know what Christ is like? So I encourage you to do those things. Uh, I wish I could make it clearer. But really, when I was thinking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, I thought about it in terms of falling in love. If someone came to you and asked, uh, how do I fall in love with someone? Well, you can't really say, oh, we just follow these steps. You just do this, this, and this, and you're gonna fall in love. It doesn't work that way. But when you do fall in love, you know that you have fallen in love. You know when it's happened. In many ways, that's what it's like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just steps that you follow and then it happens. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So that is what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. It helped him to die. We need to be filled with that same Holy Spirit, and that Spirit will help us to live. Let us pray. God, we pray that your Spirit would fill us, that you would help us, that you would give us strength and wisdom. Uh, May we be filled with the Holy Spirit as individuals and as a church. May we all become more and more like Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen.